Hello, this is Terry Iverson Jr., and we are doing an audio biography with Terry Iverson Sr., my father. And uh, the reason we got the idea, or the reason um, this was emphasized, was I remember him saying to me a few weeks ago, or even a few months ago, that he said, I really have no memory of my father and and his life when he grew up in in Northfield that he you know he lived with him all these years and really doesn't know any of the small details about his life so uh, we wanted to get you know some of the you know I, I know some of the things that he's mentioned over the years but I'm sure there's many more things that I haven't heard and then I'm sure there's even more things that my kids Jason Eric and Adam haven't heard and then possibly their kids someday, obviously, will have never heard that they might like to know. So um, we're going to go over, in this episode, birth through the high school years. So we've uh, got Eric Iverson and... Hello. Adam Iverson. <laughs> Hello. They are much better... Uh, at the art of entertainment and podcasting than myself. So they are going to be the ones mainly um, guiding us through this, uh, through the episode and through the, uh, through the topics of Terry Iverson senior's boyhood. Um, and here he is the guest of honor. He's going to start out by telling us a little bit about, the uh, areas of Minneapolis he lived in, and what what parts of Minneapolis, and uh, what types of houses they were, where they were, and what they might be this time, you know, because some of them aren't even there anymore. So go ahead and dive in. Okay. Once again, this is Terry Sr., and um, uh, what I thought I'd start off with, because you guys are uh, country folk, and I'm a city kid, <laughs> I'm going to give you um, just a little quick lesson on geography of the city when I grew up. I grew up in an area that's called the Lake and Lindale area, and Minneapolis was pretty much defined by high schools. So I went to West High School. So West High School basically had a neighborhood and it extended from like one mile in every direction. And you were eventually a West High kid. So part of the geography then will be uh, just taking you into my neighborhood. So it would be called the Lake and Lindale neighborhood, which is Lake Street and Lindale. And the exact address of the house was 3104 Harriet. And it um, was basically a set of, you would call them townhouses. We would call them uh, really ugly houses. <laughs> and, and, um, and everyone, um, it was a real crowd. It was like four houses in a row. And once again, visualize the townhouse, but really uh, not very nice. Anyway, it has since been torn down. And it's now um, called the um, Apadaz Clare Housing, and it's an HIV center. Oh. 
So that building is gone. So when you, if you ever go to visit, right now it's an HIV center, and I think it's uh, quite an amazing building. Uh, so that's the Lake and Lindale area, and then it extended to the Lake and Hennepin area, which would be kind of where my high school was. Uh, anyway, we moved from Harriet to 26th Street, which was another townhouse-type complex, and uh, it was also uh, not very nice, but it was nicer than the other one. So that also has been torn down. So when you go visit my house at 413 West 26th Street, you will find a park, a big, gigantic park. They literally tore out the whole block and made a park. Then I'll refer to like Bryant Square, which was a little park on 31st and Bryant, where I spent a good share of my growing up days playing in the summer, sliding in the winter, skating in the winter. It was a gathering for this whole area. Then also in my geography was five blocks from my house was called Miller Stadium. And that's where the Minneapolis Millers played baseball. And they were AAA, which meant they were one step down from major leagues. Mm. So in my little neighborhood called uh, Miller Baseball Stadium, Willie Mays played, Ted Williams played. Um, It probably was Major League Baseball then because there weren't that many teams. So I would go to... um, Miller Park. My parents went to Miller Park. My brother Pudge worked at Miller Park. And one of his stories is he was a scorekeeper. And, you know, some games went really long. And then people started wondering, how come the score hasn't changed? (laughs) And it hasn't changed because he fell asleep. (laughs) So he was a scorekeeper and he fell asleep. So if I could ask, is he up you know, in the outfield, on the scoreboard, changing the manual numbers in the... Exactly. From behind mm. the... It was manual. Oh, wow. It was manual. It's a big job. That's yeah. cool. And that was, um, yeah, that was... And he was like 12 years old when he did oh. that. So um, he was actually rich. He worked <laughs> 60 hours a week. He made a lot of money. He was a rich kid. So that was Miller Stadium. And for my parents, it was a big deal. They became... Miller fans, so, and um, I can remember sneaking into the stadium. Um, what I did is I put my back against the telephone pole, put my feet against the wall, and I shimmied up what? and climbed in the stadium. <laughs> so that was um, really brave, you know. How uh, how high would that be? How high? Yeah. Well, visualize a telephone pole, yeah. so same as it is now. So it would be, what, 20 feet, 25 feet? Oh, my (laughs) goodness. Yeah, yeah. Um, Part that you have to keep in mind is, in my day, everything was outside. We didn't have computers. We didn't have, actually, we didn't have television. So your whole world was, once you walked out the door, there was no reason to be at home, Mm -hmm. no reason at all. So um, anyway... Miller Baseball Stadium is gone, too. And um, so much so, of what I'm talking about, but now there's a Northwest Bank. 
Okay, I was going to ask where what's at the stadium site. Yeah, now. it's at it was at Thirty First and Nicollet. Okay. So um, when you played at Miller Stadium, the right field wall was two hundred and fifty feet. And Eric, I'm guessing, I don't know about Adam, <laughs> but Eric, 250 feet is like a pop-up Yeah, in baseball. Nowadays, they're like 380? Yeah. Is that 380. close? And yeah. the only reason it was 250 is because that's where the, the block ended. Oh. Mm. So it was geographically locked into that spot. Would that mean um, there would be like high scores or like... There would be a lot, a lot of runs. If you were left-handed, it was an advantage. Mm. Okay. And kids would hang out at the stadium and catch balls. They would wait for them to come <laughs> over, mm. and then they would catch the ball, and they'd get 50 cents per ball. Oh. Yeah. But anyway, the Millers were big time. And um, so, and then we, um, we m- moved again. And I'm still in the sort of in the same neighborhood, but this moved us out of the neighborhood. We moved to what's called 3324 3rd Avenue, and that would have been about my senior year in high school. So I still, no, I would have been out of high school. That was our final house. That was kind of a nice house, actually. Um, it just sold for a little under 300000 mm. It wouldn't have sold for 300000 <laughs> we were there. But um, is is that one's that one's still there? That house is still there, thirty three twenty four, and it's been rebuilt and it looks really nice. And then you go down to Lake and Hennepin, which is still my neighborhood, and that's where West High School is. West High School is on twenty eighth and Hennepin. It was a classic old building, beautiful building, and um, my high school days were. West was a great school, and it was um, a fun place to be. Oh, don't jump ahead, though. Don't jump ahead too far. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. What do you got left on geography? Anything? That might. Oh, and then one other highlight would be Lake Calhoun, which mm-hmm. was like a park to us. So we could walk to Lake Calhoun. We would walk everywhere. We could walk to Lake Calhoun. We could walk to Bryan Square. We could walk downtown if we wanted to. Um, but um, West was on 28th and Hennepin, and then Lake Calhoun, which is now called um, Bidet. Makaska? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is the Indian name, and it's now considered the correct name. Okay. You don't say Lake Calhoun yeah. anymore. Bidet. Makaska. Yeah, that's it. Don't f- we're that's gonna have to it. fact check that later. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of gives you a feel of the neighborhood that mm-hmm. I, um, how extended that it was. All right. So um, just to get our timeline straight for the current day, I want to have uh, Eric and Adam just give a little bit about you know their age and the colleges they're going to and. Uh, what they're up to lately, and then we'll dive back into um, the four categories of episode one here. We're going to do about 20 minutes in each category uh, going up through shortly after high school days. So, uh, Adam, you could start out. Um, what's, the, is, what's the date today? Is December 20th. December 20th, 2021, um, when we're recording this. 
uh, I realized halfway through that we should probably be saying some like years or we'll we'll get through that, but like year like length marks. But I'm 18 years old. Um, soon to be 19. S- yeah, soon to be 19. Um, and I am currently at the University of Minnesota. Um, and that is where I'm at right now, Eric. Yeah, I am Eric. I'm 22. I just recently, very recently, graduated from Drake University with um, a triple major. Um, and now I'm having a good time. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank good you. Good job, Congratulations. Eric. Thank nice you. job. All right. So we here are the four categories we're going to go through. The first one's going to be uh, neighborhood memories, the younger days, uh, basically age 12 and under. Then uh, school days, basically junior high is the second category. Then the third category is going to be high school days, Minneapolis West. And then the, the fourth category is going to be just shortly after high school, um, maybe leading into college and um, work, uh, work days and uh, maybe getting into the draft or not the draft. We'll see how that comes out. <laughs> um, all right. So do you guys, first of all, do you, Eric or, or Jason, what Adam, it's Adam, by the way. <laughs> <I'm a stupid>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll cut, cut that. that. We'll cut, cut that. We'll cut that out. Um, Adam or Eric, what, what question do you have for under 12 for grandpa about what, you know, what you want to hear about first about his life when he was very young? Yeah, I've got one. Um, seeing that you you moved around as a child to a couple of different houses, how um, was your relationship to your neighbors? Did you have any like great neighbor friends or best friends yeah. that you okay. hang out um, with? Actually, um, to correct you a little bit, <laughs> yeah, we really didn't. Thirty first and Harriet, we lived until I was almost. Um, Eighth grade, ninth grade. Okay. So our neighborhood was really tight. Every family had kids. So we literally, every night was street games with the kids that lived within 50 feet of my house. Mm -hmm. So we had a ton of kids in a small area, which meant we never had to worry about, is there anyone to play with? Yeah. So much of my younger days were... Um, based around street games, outdoor games, everything outdoors, nothing indoors. So we had um, lots of neighborhood friends. Um, How would that work then? So like you just walk outside and everyone's there or someone's always there ready to play a game? Well, an example I'd give you would be we would play street baseball. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, one of the stories I have about us playing street baseball is my mom was playing with us street baseball, <laughs> and and a squad car came by, was going to tell us to get out of the street. You cannot play street baseball. And by that time, my mom had already ran over to our porch 
and she yelled out, how many times have I told you boys not to play in the streets? Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. And she was the main player. But, um, and, and it's a vivid, vivid story. I can see her saying that seriously. How many times have I told you not to play? She never told us not to play in the street. That's <laughs> where we played. And funny. you never wanted the ball to win this one neighbor's house because she was tough. So the ball went in her yard. That was scary. <laughs> she have a mean dog in the, in the backyard too? Yeah, yeah. Kind of sandlot. No, sandlot. but you disrespected. Yeah. In some ways, we were all pretty good kids, and we respected her boundaries. She had a fence, and she deserved mm-hmm. uh, respect. So um, sometimes she would throw the ball back, I guess. <laughs> and in those days, you had one ball. So mm-hmm. if someone lost the ball, now what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is just like the movie. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got, Adam? Um, well, kind of uh, going off of that, we um, in our notes here, we have that you had the first TV in the neighborhood. We did. And was that like a big thing? Or that was, was it a like, huge thing. Yeah. How did that change? Um, well, we became, the, uh, everyone would come to our house to watch television. And if I recall... We were so poor, we couldn't afford it. But what we did do, you'd put a quarter in the TV and you'd get to watch TV for 15 minutes. And then you'd put another quarter in, another 15 minutes, because we couldn't afford it. A TV at that time would be like, I don't know, owning a very expensive... No one had TVs. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there really wasn't on TV, yeah. <laughs> and TV was over by 9 o'clock. There was two or three channels, and in those days I even knew how to turn on the TV and how to turn it off without <laughs> 87 buttons. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was part of it. So when you're going back to your friends, we would play night games, uh, kick the can, and... Um, uh, we would um, go out and um, steal green apples, and um, from where? Yeah, could you elaborate? Yeah, on, on you the mean? green apple. Yeah, there were there were trees, but there were green apple trees for some reason, and you would eat them, and they were so sour that they'd almost kill you. <laughs> but you would—it was a big memory. We would climb the trees and steal them and you know it was like we were um, pulling off this big heist (laughs) and um, really weren't it was just something to do so wherever we could we would make up things to do and one would be stealing green apples Um, another time we climbed the uh, neighbor's tree so it was like four of us kids in the tree and the woman yelled, um, get out of the tree. And we didn't get out of the tree. <laughs> and all of a sudden, a squad car pulls up because she called the police on us. And this is a true story. We saw the police car, so we all jumped out of the tree and started running. And the police officer said, stop or I'll shoot. 
Oh, oh my God. goodness. And we stopped. Yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> I wasn't about to test his, uh, whether he meant it or not. Yeah. And I'm like fifth grade. And he said, stop or I'll shoot. And um, we stopped. Wow. <laughs> Close call. <laughs> and all these things are just happen because we're always outdoors. Mm-hmm. So things happen when you're outdoors. And that started your life of crime. It could have. <laughs> it could have. Yes, yes, yes. First the green apples, then the Mona Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the winter, earlier you said like sliding or sledding? Well, in winter we had this, once again, Bryan Square, which I talked about. It was great. It had um, a hill that was maybe 20 feet down, and for us it that was the same thing as being a thousand feet down, yeah. and um, we really couldn't afford sleds, but we'd have a cardboard box, and we'd slide on the cardboard box. So this little Bryan Square, which was one block square, was the center of the world because there was ice skating, sliding, uh, just whatever. You'd go to Bryan Square, and there might be a hundred kids skating. So it was, um, and there was a little building that was um, where you could put your skates on. And I always had such crummy skates that I was lucky to stand up. So uh, nowadays those skates are a little bit nicer. And the <laughs> irony there as a teacher, I did taught you, skating. Did you, did you guys, as kids, you own skates? I didn't. I actually, I think I had my sister's skates. Oh, okay. I had like figure skates. <laughs> so, but anyway, that, those winter activities were um, were really fun. And we would also, a strange thing we used to do, we would grab the bumper of a car. Have you ever heard of this? Grab the bumper of a car and slide behind it. <laughs> Just on the ground? I yeah. haven't I haven't heard of that. <laughs> kind of like like a slot being pulled on something. Yeah. We did um you know, we were never hurt, but we just would that do was that was crazy called stuff. that was called skitching in the 80s. Oh yeah. really? It's yeah. called skitching. Yeah. You just Is slide it? on your butt? No, you on your on your feet. Oh. You grab the bumper so you're like you're skiing but you're hitching <laughs> a, hitching a ride. Sounds like oh. it would it would wear okay. down your shoes. So you would you would do that legally, right? I mean, they well, would I'm know. Well, I'm sure it's not legal. But I mean, whoever was pulling you knew they were pulling you. Oh yeah, Yo, yeah. so you're saying you're grabbing on the cars? Yeah, that didn't they know we didn't were know there. you were on. There? <laughs> oh, <laughs> just they random cars? No, they would. No, they didn't know oh, we were there. That wouldn't be good if they stopped. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, the streets, yeah, the streets are snow or ice. So you're oh, sli- I suppose in the in the winter. In the winter, yeah. I thought. Oh, you thought oh, for this some was. I thought this was in the summer, and I'm like, oh my god, that would hurt no, so no, much. No, this is winter. No, this is a winter conversation. Yeah, you're, I forgot <laughs> we were on the winter. My bad. My bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you have any nicknames from the neighborhood kids growing up? Smalls. Yeah. Well, my family had a nickname for me, and it's, every once in a while they still use it. Oh. It is Toadsy. Toadsy. Yeah, Toadsy. T-O-A-D-S-Y. Why are you called Toadsy? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea, but my mom would do that too. It, was, it wasn't it uh, was what they always called me, but they, if you asked any of my siblings, Toadsy, they'd say, 
Yeah, we called him that. <laughs> and how do you feel about that? Do you like it? Uh, it, it, um, it didn't matter. It was fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I'm sure it was a term of affection, actually. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. I never knew that. Okay, and then actually, and then should I keep going? Yeah, is there anything you want to wrap up the as far as the under 12? Yeah, there's okay. still a few more things there. Okay. Okay, um, one of the things is um, Lindale, I played football for Lindale, our elementary sixth grade team. And um, at Lindale, I don't know if I've been mentioned Lindale in the geography, that's on 34th and Lindale, and that does not exist anymore. So if you went to 34th and Lindale, I'm not sure what's there right now. I think it might mm. be a park. So what doesn't exist? The elementary school. The school? That was my elementary school. Oh, okay. And it was also a very nice old school. I, I enjoyed elementary school. So most of the schools that I went to, Lindale Elementary, Jefferson Junior High, West Senior High, were um, really safe schools. No fights. No, I don't even recall uh, teasing kids or anything like that. It was just safe. So Lindale Elementary is when I played football in sixth grade, and it was there I, I found out that I was pretty good in football, actually. You just play it for your first time. You don't know what you can do. Mm-hmm. And what we did then, we didn't even have helmets for practice. We would go to the game and the park board would say, here's a helmet, and you'd put the helmet on, and all it was was a sheet of plastic. So <laughs> you didn't really even have a helmet. <laughs> um, but I found out I was fast, and I was faster than most kids. So um, in Minneapolis in sixth grade, I made all-city in football, and I got this little emblem that's at all-city, which I've sent lost. I wish I had that. Not that it was to show off, but just to remind me of those days. It was it was a big deal. And and um, anyway, that's where um, I learned I was going to be pretty good in sports. And sports played a big part in um, me getting um, good friends, um, good opportunities. It opened up a life outside of where I lived. So once I became a so-called athlete, you get other friends who are athletes, and then you get a lot broader take on the world. How did you first get into football and sports? Is it just something that naturally everyone was doing at that age? Not really that much because it wasn't organized very well. Uh, You two and all three of you guys, it was just always there for you. Mm -hmm. For Mm -hmm. us, it wasn't always there. I mean, like I said, we didn't even have helmets. Um, So it was not that well organized. So, Did you ask your parents if you could play or did you just show up and go? No, my parents never knew what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) And and my once again, my parents were good parents. They just weren't the best parents. Did you show them the all city? Yeah. Thing? Yeah. 
they would, my dad would always come to my games. Okay. So he was a good, my mom was a little debatable because she had some health issues. So that was, she had some major health issues. Um, but just to go back to my neighborhood, just to wrap that up, we were very poor. So clothes was a big deal for me. I, right now I have about 8,000 shirts <laughs> and I probably need 10, but it, <laughs> it became kind of like, uh, gold to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would sleep three or four to a bed, so we didn't. I never had my own bedroom. Um, the um, anyway, uh, so that part was not good. The good part was um, my siblings and I all got along. We had fun together. So our siblings and my parents were nice parents. They just were not that good at providing basic needs. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was my um, ele- neighborhood elementary days. Mm. All right. Um, Eric or Adam, why don't you take us into uh, segment two? So this is the junior high portion. Um First of all, where did you attend junior high? Junior high was Jefferson Junior High. And in my geography lesson, I don't think I said that either. <laughs> but that was um, on Hennepin and like 26th. Uh, Jefferson still exists. Okay. So if you go to Hennepin 26th, it's Jefferson Elementary now. It's not Jefferson Junior High. And one of the interesting things about Jefferson was it had this tiny little playground and the whole playground was the size of like a baseball infield. So here junior high boys would go out and play. And if you hit the ball over the fence, which wasn't very far away, it was an out. Um, (laughs) If you were playing touch football, you had to run into the wall because that was the goal line. (laughs) So if you, want to, if you want to score, you had to, you had to be okay with doing that. Um, and then in contradiction to my elementary school, Lindale had a giant playground. So there we had everywhere to play. And then we get to Jefferson for junior high kids, and the girls' playground was half our size. I don't know how they survived outdoors. Um, <laughs> So there was two different playgrounds, one for yeah. boys, one for girls? Yeah, one for boys, one for girls, and there was a wall. Really? And I don't know if it was even designed that way or not, but the closer you got to building a school to the center of the city, the smaller the playground would be because mm-hmm. land was just too valuable. Why was there a separate playground for boys and girls? Or is Everything just, was separate. What was the reasoning there? Everything was separate with boys and girls in those days. Like, how about classes? Not classes, classes. no. But it it was not unusual to, there was the boys' gym, the girls' gym. The girls' gym was half the size of the boys' gym. So, to take you back in history, girls, women have never had what boys, men have. That is, boys and men were always favored over women and girls. 
always, and it still is. Um, it was in junior high that all of a sudden clothes became more important. Mm. Mm. So, you know, then I had to think a little bit more. I dressed okay because I start. I was old enough that I could uh, start making my own decisions on what I could do. What would you wear? Normally? Uh, actually, it was there was some standard things you wore. One standard outfit was black pants with a silver belt, and uh, it's not so much how much clothes I had, but that it became important what I wore. Mm. And um, so I didn't have that much, but what I did have um, was okay. So it was okay. Um, but the idea that you start, as you get older and your world expands, you start realizing that where you came from wasn't that great. Mm but it also gave you an image of where you can go. So I became friends with a lot of really wealthy kids who lived in like Lake of the Isles, if you're familiar with that. It's, it would be like a million dollar homes. Mm. Oh, wow. And those were my friends. So um, uh, that's when I say sports opened up not just that I was good at sports, but it allowed me to become friends with people who valued education and valued um, just different things. Yeah, so maybe sort of like an economic equalizer on the playing field. Yeah, right. and and it still is. When you look at professional sports, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of players who all of a sudden become big time when they get, a ten yeah. million dollar contract. Yeah, who may have come from very little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back to the clothes thing, and I'm assuming in junior high is when school dances yep. started. We had school dances, and it was funny. They were called sunshine, which meant right after school. Oh, <laughs> wow! They called them sunshine. So you'd go from the bell would ring, you'd go to the gym, and there would be a dance. Ah. Well. On one end of the gym was 100 girls. On the other end of the gym was 100 boys. And for 90% of the time, that's the way it stayed. With about 10 minutes to go, someone would say, there's only 10 minutes left in the (laughs) dance. You better go ask someone to dance. Because the worst thing could be if you walked all the way across the gym and said, would you like to dance? And the person said, no. Yeah. That would be a tough walk back. <laughs> <laughs> so, and in the last in the last ten minutes, then did everyone like? Did no, you describe no, that? No, no. It's just um, a few brave souls went over. It was a different time, and at, and and the time at that time, I think kids are probably more mature today as eighth graders as we were as eighth graders. We were. We matured later in life, so but so we did have dances, yeah. Um, well, those don't sound like dances, but there were attempts at a dance. There were attempts. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it was such a big deal for us, uh, you know. Would that would like everybody? I mean, if it was right after school, would like basically everybody be there? 
Like everybody at school? There would be a lot there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was also in junior high that I um, st- started my own baseball team. We, um, Start. Somehow my mom got someone to sponsor us. So we had really nice uniforms, but we were really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when you played sports, they didn't do it for you. You had to do it for yourself. So if you... You'd find a coach. You'd you'd try to. It wasn't there for you. You had to do it. Um, and then I was in junior high that I played ninth grade football, which was a higher level football, and um, it was there also that I found out I was pretty good, <laughs> not not the best, just good. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things I remember from my wealthy friends. And, and my wealthy friends were nice kids. They didn't pretend to be special. Mm-hmm. But I can remember one story going to their house and just seeing what they had, which would be for you guys, what you grew up with. Your house would be similar to what I would go and see as, as being a palace. And... Um, I remember one of my classmates had a, and I've said this, had a whole drawer full of white socks. <laughs> and it sounds so dumb, but I still remember that thinking, wow, a whole drawer full of white socks. And um, today I have a whole drawer full of white socks. Mm. Made it. <laughs> Made it. <laughs> and it's, it's how you start as you grow up, and you guys are doing the same thing. It's, that's nothing special. You start trying to figure out where you fit in, you know, mm-hmm. and when you had to play with not good white socks, white socks made a difference. So that's a funny little story, but it's mm-hmm. a true memory. So this, you brought a picture in today of the football team. Um, what grade is this? That would have been actually my senior year in, in high school. Okay. Okay. And so what position did you play in football earlier, like in elementary and I always high? played because I could run fast. I always played like halfback. Okay. So. And I noticed in here it said right half, and I was like unsure what right half. So there's two halfbacks? We, well, it depends right. on the, in those days it was a formation. Okay. So usually you played what was called a T formation, quarterback, fullback right behind the quarterback and one to each side. Uh, gotcha. So I played one of those on the side and a lot of our plays were running wide and running fast. So my abilities would run fast. I usually wouldn't run over anybody. I'd run around them. Mm-hmm. You learned, Adam, when we saw that, when you said, <laughs> Adam has the best story ever. I said, I didn't know you were that fast. And Adam said, well, I never had to run that fast until someone was chasing me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you are much faster than you think you are. Right, right. (laughs) You just need to have a good reason. (laughs) (laughs) That was a, that's a classic line. Yes. That's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother Adam, But it's a great line. Adam and his famous defensive touchdown. Mm Mm-hmm. We were just thinking, too, because 
Terry Jr.'s was pretty fast back in the day, and somehow, somehow the gene missed me. I was Same never. Gene. Yeah, he was saying how it. Well, it didn't skip a generation. It went you, then me, then he thinks it skipped. It's like, why am I not super fast? <laughs> what the heck? Mm, well, um, speed is yeah, it's just a gift. <laughs> yeah, <but> I, <laughs> I wasn't. Or you don't. Yeah, well, I was fast for a zero to ten yards. Some people are fast from zero to a hundred. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Part of my strength was not so much fast, but quick, too. So, and I'm guessing you probably were quick. We'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You got the intelligence and the hair. You can't have everything. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Triple threat. We've all got full heads of hair. Thank yeah. God. That's true. That's yeah. true. All right. So that photo right there kind of leads, us, leads into us into the high school days and Adam can kick us off with a high school question. Yeah. Um, what sort of like, I don't know. What, what, what was the most apparent change in like the, the culture of between the culture of the junior high and the senior high? Like what was like not important in junior high but then suddenly is really important like you said clothes just started to become important yeah and like stuff like that but then would would did that continue and then like i don't know just sort of everything that was important to people and like mattered like clothes and like stuff like that would that just be higher and up the stakes of that in high school or in high school what became more apparent compared to junior high is you belong to a group. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You know? yeah. So in our high school, we actually had like the Greek system. So oh. we actually had clubs. So I was a member of a club called the Bishops. And I was actually president of the Bishops. Mm. And um, Anyway, we had a Greek system. Was there any... Uh, oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Was there any, like, reason you were in that club? Like, did you... Yes. You you, you always... Um, you didn't... Uh, you identified with your friends. Okay. And there was one group that was the drinking group. <laughs> I didn't drink, so mm -hmm. that I would not be in that group. There was one group that was just jocks, and I didn't take that role as a jock. My friends were more um, just normal kids. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, in, in high school, who your friends are is very important. Mm -hmm. Now, is that the case with you guys too when you were there? Yeah. 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 Somehow I got really lucky and found a, a good group mm -hmm. in 10th grade. But yeah. I was it all athletics? No, it was, it was a good mix. I mean... We all played some athletics, but not really the same. Yeah. Um, I think just, yeah, we had the same view of how to approach high school. Okay. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Your your group was pretty well rounded. Yeah, like we we I mean we never drank in high school. We were all, from, aside from two like or a couple, <laughs> pretty studious. Like <laughs> we were all in the honors program, so I think that's why we meshed. Yeah. And then. Um, 
also in high school, and this is where, um, my, um, when I say I could run fast, my major weakness was, uh, I don't know, I didn't study, I didn't have no study habits, so my grades were terrible. So also in high school, grades become apparently, yeah. they become important. Mm. So your GPA, your class rank, becomes very important. So when I ended up graduating, my class rank would be like 19%. And my counselor um, at that time told me I should not go to college. And um, it was valid. I mean, looking at what I did was... um, I probably would have told me not to go to college. (laughs) (laughs) And I can remember Eric and you guys with good grades, and Eric is good in math. My geography, um, my geometry teacher told me, I've told you that? I I think so. Yeah, he told me, I will give you a D if you never, ever take another math course. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, deal. <laughs> D for deal. And, and um so part of it was I really was not good at math. So in most of most of the time in math I didn't have the slightest idea what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um but it didn't help when you don't study that then everything becomes hard. Did a lot of people uh, from your high school, go to college. Was that like a a big thing for most people to go yes. off to college? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, my college, my high school would have been a high percentage would have gone to college. Mm. We had in my whole um, history of education, um, there was no minorities. Mm. We had one. I had a black friend in elementary. Um, and I used to go to his house for lunch. But anyway, um, elementary, junior high, senior high, no minorities. Mm. So Minneapolis was really segregated. Mm. Yeah. So there was what would be called Minneapolis Central, which would be like 60%, 70% black. And then there's Minneapolis West, where I went, which was zero. Mm. So you got, um, you did not have any relationships with minorities, mm-hmm. none. And then the city ended up cutting the city into pies, made it look like a pie, and that. then they went into busing, and then they balanced okay. the black and white. But that's the only way they could do it was, and then they went into busing. We never had busing in Minneapolis. You were always a mile away or less. So okay. we had no buses. But once they made the city into pies, then they needed buses. So I never missed a day of school because of snow, because they You're didn't right there. care if I had to walk through four feet of snow. So so they didn't do the busing until after you left high it school? It wasn't until after I was out of school okay. when they decided to integrate the schools. And they cut it, like I said, if you can visualize a pie, the city was cut into a pie, which would cut which would divide all, balance the kids. So how were, how did your friend group impact your academics? Were they, um, it, um, I owe it to my friends and a few 
teachers to um, give me motivation to go on. So um, I think when you, uh, when you um, struggle academically, you don't know what you can do. But um, it helped having friends who, you know, I wanted to be like them. Mm-hmm. So they went to school. So I worked for a year, but then I knew I was going to go to school. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's kind of a sign that you you were hanging with the right crowd, that they were... I always had, you know, role models. And, yeah, like I said, it, my memory is, even when I say the other crowds that I didn't go into, they were good kids, too. So it wasn't like there was good kids and bad kids. Yeah. There were just kids yeah. that had different groups. Wait, so, okay, I have a question. Going back to the Bishop's Club, what's the, like, foundation of the Bishop's Club? What's Actually, what's the foundation about? was, and we were kind of a latecomer group, it was the, um, basically the kids that didn't belong to the drinkers, the jocks, the, and then there was, um, they were what was the hood? They wore like button-down collars. And do you remember that? The nerds. No, they were cool. They dressed oh. really nice, and they dre- it was like a uniform. Oh, so the, they the were preps, huh? Preppy. Well, you, we can use okay. that term, <laughs> but if you looked at one, you saw them all. Hmm. You know, so, uh, yeah, and um, so the bishops was basically all. Nice kids who were just normal, nice kids. How did that get? How did the club get the term bishop? We just made it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just. What do you want to be called? Let's. How about the bishops? And then when we tried to decide who was going to be president, four of us started the club. I got two votes, so I became the president. <laughs> 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 it wasn't like I had a landslide victory. Actually, I think it was I stole the election. Ooh. Actually, oh. I stole it. You <laughs> stole it for real. Yeah, you said yeah. I have two. Stop the vote. <laughs> I have two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So nice. And that was in ninth grade. That was my senior year. Oh, okay. And then we would clubs would do stuff. So we had a a dance called Toys for Tots, and the dance once again to get into the dance you brought a toy mm-hmm. so in the yearbook there's a picture of me at the desk at toys for tots and the, that's how the kids got in so you did try to do good stuff too yeah so and then it was just something to do so mm-hmm. all right so this is Terry Jr and we you and I have something in common in our high school athletic career, it's infamous that we both had a slew of injuries in our yes. senior year. <laughs> yeah. So hey, me too. I'm, I'm not going to explain any of mine, but you can go into some of your injuries. Yeah. And um, some of them, the dumbest one, let's start with the dumbest <laughs> one. My sophomore year, uh, my football coach said, if you want to be faster, go out for track. And I hated track. <laughs> I wanted to play baseball, but I, I wanted to please my high school coach. Anyway, so I'm out there 
dinging around, and I see a pole vault. So I grab the pole, (laughs) run up there, try to pole vault, and all there was was dirt. I killed myself. (laughs) I couldn't walk for months. Because you knew there was no pad on the other side? There was nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I just grabbed the pole, and I, I... I visualized pole vaulting. I thought that can't be that hard. <laughs> <laughs> and this was your first time yeah. ever. Wow. Oh yeah, I'd never done it before. I just thought this looks like fun. Um, <laughs> if so you that end, if, ended my uh, my track career. If you hurt yourself, then that must mean you you did it pretty well and you got pretty high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. high. On the bright side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. So was this your junior yeah. year? Was that your junior year? That was my sophomore, sophomore year. Sophomore, okay. Yeah. So my sophomore year, and uh, I was out for the season. My junior year, I um, tore up my knee somehow, uh, and I was out for the season. Um, in football, I tore my knee and ended up having knee surgery. Um, and my senior year, I was having really a good year, and that's where you see that picture there of me. But um, I was doing pretty well. And then all of a sudden um, I'm running and I feel something that, and I know it's not right. And then it turns out I still tried to play and then I tried to play basketball. And then finally they said, you tore your meniscus or whatever. So I had surgery my senior year and I finally um, recovered from the surgery and went out for baseball, slid into home and broke my leg. Oh. And a bad slide, very bad slide. Um, so um, that was too bad because I enjoyed sports. So I missed at least half of my um, high school sports, mm-hmm. um, having surgery or a broken bone or... Did you still have to walk to school even though you had injuries? Yeah, there was no like on crutches or. <clears throat> yeah, I no. still. I don't remember how I did it, but I do remember my one teacher. Um, I went into class and sat down, and I crutched it in there, so I'm crutching it. <laughs> and the teacher says, "Where's your book?" <laughs> oh, and no. I said, "I forgot my book." And he said, go get it. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. And that was my basketball coach. But what he was doing, and I, looking back, he just said, you forgot your book? Go get it. It, was, uh, it made sense. He was saying, yeah. you're accountable for what you do. Just because you broke your leg, we're not going to give you, you know, get your book. So, so you may have missed the actual school lesson, but you got a different lesson. Yeah, that was a different lesson, and 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 he, that's the way he coached too. He was um, he expected you to uh, do the right thing, mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes the right thing is uh, not the most comfortable yeah. thing. <laughs> but easy. I I still admire him for doing that, mm-hmm. telling me go get your go get it. So, um, when you had these injuries. Um, during the sports seasons, did you still, after the fact, sit on the sideline and watch the games and stuff? Uh, 
support the team. Football, um, yeah, it wasn't. I getting hurt was a big deal, mm-hmm. and you remember that too. Getting hurt's a big deal because you're, yeah, you're, season's you're, um, over. Season's not that long; it goes fast. Yeah, and um, anyway, um, then I, it, my senior year, like I said, I was having a really good year, and then that happened, and I'm going, really, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Um, anyway, who were um, who are some? What are the names of some of your best friends in high school? Uh, we had a group called the One Wayers. <laughs> what? And, and w- the reason what we were that called that, all three of us lived on one way streets. Uh, <laughs> we okay. all lived on one way streets. So I lived on the one four thirteen West Twenty Sixth that was torn down for a park. That was a one-way. And then my two other friends also lived on one-ways, and the three of us were always together, so we nicknamed ourselves the one-wayers. Isn't that (laughs) creative? (laughs) And their names are? Tom Merrow and um, Jim Lindbergh. Okay. Were they also bishops or no? They were bishops. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Tom Merrow has passed away. Jim Lindbergh became a pretty good basketball player, and uh, he did well. So, You might be the only group called One Wayers that there has ever been. <laughs> That's very yeah. creative. Then my junior year in high school, I worked at a furniture store, and um, it was a hard job, but it was a really interesting job because um, – most of the guys there were like, they seemed old to me, but they were um, maybe in their 50s. They were probably Norwegians or Swedes, and they could make furniture, um, beautiful furniture. And um, I worked there, and um, you had to work. There was, there was no sort of working. So uh, the lunch bell would ring at 12, the lunch bell would ring at 12.30, and you didn't go to 12.31. 12.30, you went back to work. So, um, uh, What was your role at the store? I was actually just a catch-all, whatever okay. they needed me to do. Um, nothing skilled. <laughs> Most of those machines scared the heck out of me. I mean, a power yeah. saw or those yeah. things are dangerous tools like a table saw yeah a table saw is dangerous yeah (laughs) so uh i used to deliver furniture too so we'd get on the truck i love delivering because you just sit in the truck and we'd go out to excelsior to all these other rich homes and deliver furniture but it was um very high end so i earned a little bit of money that summer so i actually started school fairly wealthy i had 600 bucks in the bank that's a lot of money what did you what did you usually spend your money on during the school year i didn't waste much money so uh, i don't know part of an interesting story is to show you what i had 600 dollars my parents never had money 
I gave them 300 of my 600. And um, I did that because it seemed like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And um, money did not, I figured I, they needed it more than I did. Sure. So, mm-hmm. and, it's, and I'm not bragging about it because I didn't have to do it, but it just seemed like the right thing to do. And even since then, I've been, consider myself fairly generous, not to be generous, just that it's the right thing to do. Mm. You know, so if you do the right thing, sometimes decisions are fairly easy. Yeah. That, um, that is, I think, that speaks volumes to, like, the person you were that, at that time, senior year, to give half of your earnings to your parents. I mean, they had other kids to support, too, and yeah. it's sort of you're mm-hmm. thankful yeah. for everything they gave And you. I didn't give it a second thought. Kind of like yeah. your coach said, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, it's the right thing. And um, that's kind of what I think we're missing today in mm-hmm. our world. And you guys would know this too. We don't have enough people doing the right thing. Yeah, The right thing is obvious, but not to everyone, I guess. So awesome. Um, that kind of wrapped up my high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so you... you kind of alluded to this in the the last segment but this will kind of transition us into the last segment is a short period after high school is the quote by one of your teachers or several of your teachers that said told you not to go to college or advised you not to apply for college Um, did you take their advice and apply anyway or did you for a while just not apply at all no, I didn't apply at all. And I um, I worked for a year. So, like I said, I worked at controlled, what's called controlled data. I worked there for a year. Um, that kind of opened my eyes a little bit, but controlled data would be the equivalent of IBM. It was that huge. Uh, and they started building computers. And the computer we built, one called the 6600, was bigger than a desk, and um, that was state-of-the-art. And uh, uh, the recording was a big wheel. Uh, I'm showing you. It was like this big, and uh, that's how they recorded information on that kind of wheel. And they mainly made them for the Navy, but that was the beginning of the area that... Control data. If you had invested in control data when they just started, you'd become a millionaire because that company just went crazy. Mm-hmm. And that was my first job, control data. Where, and that's, what part of town was that? That was downtown. Okay. Downtown Minneapolis, 501 Park. And I'm sure the building is still there. Mm-hmm. Control data does not exist anymore. It's gone. How did you get into that? job i because my brother worked there and my brother-in-law worked there okay so my brother could be late to work and no one cared my brother-in-law could be late to work and no one cared (laughs) and they drove me with them and my boss cared (laughs) (laughs) so i would walk into the plant maybe 15 minutes late which doesn't sound like a big deal 15 minutes late when you're walking in a plant 
that's gigantic and everyone's working and you're walking, they're saying, what is that kid thinking? Yeah. He's 15 minutes late. And um, uh, right out of that was school. another lesson that you just, you know, sometimes you just got to be on time. Yeah. Respecting so, other people's time. Yeah. What was? What did you do at Control? Actually, all I did is handed out parts. Okay. So I was in the parts department. They would come and say, "I need the parts for this," and they'd hand me this sheet, and I'd go go get the parts. Mm-hmm. And um, I never saw the sun because it was a building that had no windows, so you'd get there in the dark, leave in the dark. Um, but I knew I didn't want to do that job. I knew this is not going to be me. Mm-hmm. So I was making plans for college at that time. So this was the summer after your senior year? This was after my senior year. So I worked for a year. Do you remember like a distinct moment or time of the year when you decided, all right, I'm done with this, I'm going to start applying? No, but what I do remember is one of the guys... I'll call him an old duffer, but he was probably 30. (laughs) At that time, for me, he'd been an old duffer. He said to me, you know, you really don't belong here. You're going to, you don't belong here. You're going to do something else. But, And it was just kind of a haphazard statement. But sometimes little statements make a big deal. Mm. If someone, that's like a a teacher who says, you're going to do well. And he just said, you're going to do well. But for you, that's a big deal for someone who you trust says, you're going to do well. So, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to hear it, and then um, then you make it happen. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, um, no, most of what I did was random. <laughs> I I, I did. I did. I did. When I watch what you guys have done, it's nothing's random. It just seems so. You're transferring schools, Eric, was kind of a surprise. Mm-hmm. That wasn't random, but that it, that was interesting. But mine was trying to find out what can I do. You guys, I think, and Jason knew what you could do. You were, and that's great that you could. So most of my beginning career was what can I do? Because I, I, there's no way I could take college geometry, not a chance, <laughs> you know, things like that. So I had to figure out, um, uh, which I think all kids need, whether you're gifted or not, you still try to have to figure out what can you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you still need to figure that out. So, uh, when I went to the U, I I started off in what's called general college, which meant we'll take you no matter how bad your grades are. So I went to general college. It didn't matter that I was in under the 20 percentile. They take everyone. And then when I went into general college at the U, I needed to get good grades to go to the next step to get into the real college, so to speak. And I got good enough grades to go to the real college. So, you know, that 
So th- was that just one year of the general? College? I was in general college for one year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I knew when I transferred to the real, I'll call it the real college, but general college, a lot of kids should just go two years. They don't need to go four. Um, I found out how smart the kids are in the real college. Because I can remember some of them, teacher would ask a question, they would get the answer, and I'd go, really? (laughs) You know all that? How do you know all that? And he was a smart kid. That's why he knew all that. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, general college um, was a good deal for me. It, It gave me a chance to catch up and wasn't the smartest, but I found out I was smart enough. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to be the smartest. You just need to be smart enough. Mm-hmm. Um, did you change any of your studying habits from earlier? Or did you? F- I did much better, but I did find out, and this could be in the next chapter, what I did find out is if I study, I'm fairly smart. <laughs> Not the smartest, but it's amazing how well studying makes a difference. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. And it, when you grow up just going to class and they hand you the test, I hadn't because I didn't study. And um, so, kids who have study habits, what a what a difference that makes. And then I did. Um, end up developing study habits. And actually, part of it was after I got married to your grandmother, I stayed home a lot. I became really smart because I stayed home and studied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, that's in another one. What In the general college, did you go in thinking about teaching at all, or was it, no. was it no. just, uh, I'm just going to start there and see what happens? No. I had no idea what I was going to do. What I did do was look at the curriculum to say, can I do that? No. <laughs> can I do that? No. And then I finally, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but I finally looked at elementary ed, and a friend of mine was in elementary ed, and, and I looked at that, and I said, I think I can do that, because all they required was a C average in elementary <laughs> ed. And oh. Yeah, that's all. And I said, maybe C plus. Okay. <laughs> but I said, I think I can do that. Yeah. I think we we all do that. We, no matter what. And Eric, you're going to be looking for a job, and when you get it, you'll look at it and say, Can I do that? You know, there. This could be interesting to see where you go with that. Yeah. So. Um. So that's a good good little teaser for next episode, maybe the the elementary education. Do we want to talk about what I wanted to? Oh, go ahead. Can I? Yeah. End with this. Yeah. Okay. What I wanted to end with was probably the most important thing that mm-hmm. in my life. When you think of all the things that happened in my life, the one that um, affected where I went was Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So when I graduated from high school, Vietnam was just starting to take hold, and kids were being drafted, and um, I did not want to be drafted. I did not want to go to war, so 
many of my decisions were based on how do I stay out of Vietnam. And my first year in college, I actually joined what's called ROTC, which meant if I get drafted, I'll go in as an officer, but I didn't want to get drafted. So I actually at the U, I wore my Army uniform once a day. I would come to the U with my uniform on, and if I'd see another soldier, I'd walk across the street because I didn't want to salute. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't want to salute. Mm-hmm. I just, and then I, you know, so Vietnam. Um, and just for the listener, though, how what's the advantage of going into the army as an officer versus? Yeah, actually, what it turned out, it would probably be worse. Oh, really? But, oh really? No, what happened is guys who became officers. At age 21, which I would have been, 21, 22, became platoon leaders with 18-year-olds. Ooh. Mm. So it was a 20, let's say I did graduate in ROTC, I would have been a 22-year-old platoon leader leading 18-year-old kids, which meant we're all going to get shot at because none of us <laughs> yeah. have the slightest idea what we're doing. Yeah. So. Okay, so... in. In the end, it wouldn't have mattered if you were an officer or not. It doesn't. It might not have. No, okay. but it it at least would have. It seemed I ended up quitting. So I. Okay. So, um, anyway, with um, the Vietnam thing, uh, you were going to you were going to list maybe the other exemptions for Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. The other exemptions were, and it, it affected t- me all the way. If you were in college. It's called deferred. You were deferred, okay. so I was in college. Then you needed good grades, and my grades were okay, so I was deferred. And then you needed to be, I was a teacher. Teachers were deferred. And then I became a parent, and he's uh, kept me out of the draft. Jerry John <laughs> kept me out of the draft, so sometimes I call him 4F because that kept me. That's a term that means you, you're not in the draft. Yeah. And, and then um, finally they had a lottery, which they drew ping pong balls, and your birthday would tell if you'd be drafted or not. Mm. Anyone who was, had a ping pong ball, which is like June 24th, they would, if, whenever they drew June 24th, that was my number. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do this until the end of almost the Vietnam War. But I drew a ping pong ball that made me like 350, which means I would never have been drafted. Had they done that right away, I'm not sure what my life would have been different if I knew at age 18 that my number was 350. Yeah. Then, um, um, so there was 349 birthdays ahead of you. Well, if you were zero to 100, you were gone. Mm. Anyone zero to 100 was drafted. Okay. And in the Vietnam war, 50,000 soldiers died for what I would consider no reason at all. That war what never should have What happened. percentage of people, what percentage of soldiers died? What about? percentage? Uh, that I'm not sure, but I think like a million served. 
this is something that hopefully you won't have to experience. Mm -hmm. But if it did, you would find out how a draft could affect what you did. Was marriage a deferment? Yes, I forgot that. Marriage was a deferment. Okay, so it went. The day day that, let's say, marriage deferment was going to be up July 10th, on July 9th, about a thousand couples were married in Las Vegas all at once. One person married a thousand couples so that they could be deferred. Wow. So deferred doesn't mean exempt, it just means pushed back. Right? It pushed back. Okay. Once you're deferred, you can be drafted up to age 36. Okay. So I still was out of the draft long after. And you said, I think there's a note that says if you actually w- would have been drafted, you there's a chance you just would have moved to Canada? I might have, because I guns scare me. So mm-hmm. I'm not a gun person. So I don't even want to hold a gun, let alone shoot a gun. They scare me, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so I, I um, kind of thought once again that we hopefully never go into another war. Because once war starts, we lose a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So earlier, you were talking about three, number 350. If they had done the drawing earlier, when you were like 18, you're saying you know, things could have been different? Could have been. If it wasn't so much you know, deferring or trying to get out of this, right? Was or, I trying to get out of it? Yeah, yeah. I think he was saying maybe he would have made different choices about maybe... I might not have gone into teaching. Maybe teaching teaching marriage kids Mm -hmm. as soon as he did. Right. I don't know that, but it it clearly, not just me, but everyone a few years older than me, a few years younger than me, we were all in the same Mm -hmm. boat. Yeah, so Vietnam was at the forefront of everything. Vietnam life. was just horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it was young people who, Eric, Adam, your age, that actually ended Vietnam because the, the massive protests were not by old duffers. It was by young kids, college kids, who protested the war in Vietnam, which really ended up ending the war because those were the people that were being killed. Mm-hmm. the young people. So yeah. college-age people ended the war. It's just too bad it couldn't have ended sooner. Yeah. When you think of 50,000 dying, think what those 50,000 might have done, how much they might have contributed to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like almost 20 years long, the war? Or how long the, was uh, it? Yeah, the, uh, the really intense part of the war was like 10 years okay. or less. And, uh, but it started, it was like 20 years and, um, and we lost that war. We, yeah, we, we lost. And, uh, so it was all for nothing. And right now people go visit Vietnam. It's a place to go, yeah. go figure. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, uh, Eric and Adam, for helping out 
uh, on this first segment of Terry Iverson Sr. And uh, thanks for sharing all your memories. And we'll look forward to the next part. Well, we'll, we'll pick up with uh, some college life, yeah. mar- marriage, and becoming a teacher, and much, much more. Um, how did you want to end this first segment? I would like to thank you for uh, bringing me. It's my first podcast ever. Ooh, yeah, and um, you've done great. Yeah, and um, uh, it might start. I'm going to follow Adam into an acting career. <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, I figure if I can do this, um, easy. Um, I, I I already talked to Guthrie, and they think I have potential. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, Thank both you, Eric and Adam and Jason. Mm-hmm. You guys are all great kids. So thanks for doing this. Thank yeah. you. Thanks you. It's been, it's been right. a blast. And that's a wrap. It's a cool. wrap. Woo. All right. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs>